Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, uh, Bean Thomas boy. I got a show. I got a. <laughs> I have another show in which uh, a song is going to come on here in a second. So let me find that. Sometimes you need somebody. I did something last night. I thought was while I was making a poster for today's show before I uh, even introduced this guy. I got to play a few bars of this. So let's. Uh, have a little music intro. Here we go. This is so appropriate for today's show. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore can love is all that I can give to you. Hey Scott, how is that how's that for a musical intro? Today, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I come to our and we have Rosemary Young, my my favorite hostess in the whole world. And today we're welcoming Scott Stavill from Today he's in Panama, which we have to find out. Panama City, the real Panama, not the one down in Florida. He's going to speak no, to us about one. his passion, love. He speaks, counsel, writes on all aspects of living a loving, sharing, giving life. He speaks to hundreds weekly on matters of living a loving, true-to-self lifestyle. Join us for a lively trip to a fun trip to the actualized inner self. Did I, did I do okay on that, Scott? It's a beautiful, beautiful intro. I can't imagine a better one. And I was dancing around my apartment while the song was playing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, got, I really I was. I having so much fun. As I was doing I the post, the song head. came on last night. And it uh, couldn't be more appropriate, could it? No, it's perfect. I love it. It's a good vibe, for sure. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, Rosemary, why don't you tell the audience how you found uh, Scott and how you brought him to the show, and then we'll let Scott tell us his story. Well, I, I actually stumbled upon after my searches in Facebook uh, on Scott, and I just, it was one of those things, I think, Tom, that you say you just go with your gut, and I said, I'm going to check this guy out, and I did. And I started watching some of the past live uh, posts he had put up, and I said, he's great. So I, I subscribed, and, you know, the first time, of course, I had the notifications coming up that he was on, and I uh, and so I'd pop on for a few minutes when I had the time when he was live and listen. And the fact of how you come across so, like I mentioned before in the, the, the little conversation we had uh, previous to the show, that uh, you come across so straightforward and blunt, but yet the message you're putting across about love, not just about, you know, loving others, loving yourself, getting in tune with that. It's just, just you, you come, you're, you're very blunt, you're, you're real. <laughs> Is that the best way I guess I can put it right now? But, uh, yeah. That's a high Well, that's our show. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. And uh, come back next <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, after we've built you up, why don't you, uh, you know, we, one of the things Say that uh, Rosemary and I like to do is hear people's stories on how 
they came to this point in my your life, and you've uh, just told us before the show here that you're just amazed by the the presence you're establishing and the following you're establishing on on the media, on uh, the internet, and Facebook, I guess in particular. So why don't you tell? How did you come to be a love guru? How did that all happen? How did huh. you get to Panama? How did it? Where was the earliest beginnings of this journey? Uh, of the journey of love. Um, well, let's see. I don't know. I think I, I'll speak to something Rosemary said as well about um, about realness. And I think that um, what's one of the things that's been really cool on the page, and I think what what Rosemary is responding to, and a lot of people are, is um, the the feeling of being real i mean the the reality of being human is that it's it's often painful it's often ugly it's often dark and it's not always sunshine you know and rainbows and i think there's a lot of value in looking at the full spectrum of the human experience and as much as we can rooting ourselves in in love through it all, you know, looking at it through the eyes of love and always asking, like, if I'm present in love right now, how can that inform my choices and, and my decisions? And um, I love the page, the Facebook, my, my main presence is on the Facebook page, and I love the community there because it, I really feel like people are coming together under this umbrella of love and trying to uh, to be honest with themselves and look at the places in their lives where they're can I swear on this show, or should I not swear if I'm inclined to? Right. So, I mean, where did you, where did you get the? I mean, you know, I have, I my my model, my paradigm is that a seed was planted somewhere in us, whether previous to coming here or when we arrived, that makes us, brings us to our present state. You know, Steve Jobs talks about it. You know, connecting the dots. And your intuition and your gut. So where did you start? Way back. Where did it start to unfold for you that you had this mission, that you had this purpose? You know, I think uh, I would say one of the um, one of the times in my life was probably 20 years ago when I I moved to San Francisco after college, and I was working in a law firm at the time. It was my first job after college, like kind of in the official workforce. And there were a lot of people around me um, really unhappy. So I'm looking, you know, I had worked through college and worked through high school, but this was my first time actually out there in the world of workers as an adult. And I was looking around and seeing a lot of miserable people. And I, um, no, seriously, you know. Well, I know. This is one of my passions to talk about this. I love it. Go ahead. Yeah, so I I was just like, this is not... Um, this is not for me. You know, I don't, I don't want to compromise my happiness for work. You know, I need to look at some different options and different choices. And I quit that job. I ended up getting a job in a, um, a very, at the time, kind of new agey gift store in the Haight-Ashbury district of San Francisco. And the store was amazing, you know, really, you know, beautiful scents and sounds and smells and all of that. It was this real haven off of this otherwise very grungy street. And all the people who worked there, um, they were different than people I had met to that, at that point in my life. You know, they were talking openly about love and kindness and peace and compassion and, and speaking about these things as though that was their mission in life. 
And it wasn't, it's not that I'd never been um, in the presence of love before this point in my life, but I'd never been around people who were, um, who were speaking about it so openly, you know, as, as though it's a goal to achieve and something to work for, to be more loving, to be more peaceful. And I loved it. You know, I just, I soaked it all in. I was loving that experience. And I started reading all these, you know, the self-help books, the new age books and, and realizing, wow, there's this whole world out there of people who are connecting through these ideas of love and compassion and kindness. And I would say that that's, that was a real spark for me. You know, if you take it back to, that was a, a, a very transformative time in my life in my early twenties. I'm 44 now. So this was 20 years ago. And it never, it never stopped. You know, the desire to be more loving never stopped because I was seeing very quickly when I started to focus my energy uh, on love and, and all the things that, you know, love informs, like kindness, like forgiveness, like compassion, like authenticity, um, I started to see my life change, you know. And uh, so I've been running with it ever since, basically. Beautiful trip. Hey, you know, it is an offer. We got callers. We got a caller from the 602 area. So why don't we, before we let him hang too long, why don't you uh, tell us who you are and what you'd like to ask Scott? 602, are you there? Area code 602. Hello. Hi there. Would you like to say something? I would just like to say that, Scott, you're saving my life. You're bringing sanity to me. And um, I'm retired, and I was working at a job I hated for a long time, and I am just now getting happy and being able to open my heart and share my love. And I just, I love you. And thank you. Who are you? (laughs) What's your name? My name, (laughs) this is crazy because I've been trying to get on this podcast for over an hour. And um, my name is Kathy, and I live in Buckeye, Arizona. And I find my bliss in volunteering at my neighborhood elementary school, working with kindergartners through fifth grade. Oh, how fantastic. I love you too, Cassie. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you, And for the work you do. Do do you have a specific question, Cassie, for Scott? Uh, No. No, not me. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful call, you know. And isn't that uh, you know it's so funny, Rosemary, how you uh, you you brought us all together today? Because as Rosemary knows, that's my one of my main passions is like, come on, folks, let's live it up. Let's not be it miserable. Is, yeah. Let's find our joy. And uh, Scott, there you have it. And Kathy, thanks for calling in. If you want to stay on the line and listen or listen online, uh, please do. But. Uh, Scott, Thank if you. I'll stay on the line and listen. Thank you. Oh, great. When you want to chime in, just be bold and do it. Okay. Um, so, Scott, okay, so now you've got the fire lit. You're reading the books. So then what happens? Then what happens? Um, I guess life happens. You know, life continues to happen. I uh, ever, Once I made the commitment that I didn't want to compromise my happiness for work, it meant um, starting and quitting a lot of jobs in my adult life. Um, you know, some jobs I had for a day <laughs> you know, and, and moved on. But, um, but I, never, I never lost touch with kind of the, that, that spark inside. And, 
And that, I mean, I'll, I'll jump forward to, you know, probably the last 10 years I've been doing more kind of creative writing um, and writing stuff for kids. And then also, you know, a couple years ago, just over a couple years ago, I started this Facebook page and I actually started it with the intention of um, promoting this young adult novel I had written and self-published. And that was the whole kind of purpose of, of starting the page at the time. Um, but I realized soon into, I thought I'll market it and I'll spread the word. And at the time, maybe 10 people were, you know, followed my page and they were all good friends of mine who knew about my book anyway. Um, but, but I decided, I realized quickly that, you know, marketing the book wasn't a very exciting thing for me. So I thought, well, I have this Facebook author page. What do I really want to write about? And that's when I started to, um, you know, post about love and about kindness and compassion and the things that I get really excited about. And people started to tune in, you know, and people started to, I guess, like the posts and share the posts. And slowly, slowly, uh, that community started to grow. And it was a reminder to me. Uh, a very clear reminder that it, it, it really is possible to, um, to put your time and energy and joy into the things you love and to create something from that place. You know, that we do have choices about how we spend our time. You're getting, I mean, you're getting a standing choices. ovation from Boston, Massachusetts here. I love this. <laughs> I knew we were going to have a great show. Uh, and it's so great to have validation from somebody who's doing exactly that. Cool. Awesome. Are you yeah, doing what um, you love, Tom? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, and this is what I try. It takes, uh, well, let's let's look at what it takes to do it. I mean, number one, it takes love, but it also takes, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, and <laughs> I resisted it for years. I would go into bookstores and read all the, you know, anything I could about spirituality. And every once in a while, I'd put my hand on The Course in Miracles, and I'd pull it out, and I'd go, you've got to be kidding me. I'd go, there's no way I'm reading this 1,000-page this book. And I'd put it back. And then a crazy series of events, I, uh, it got put right in front of me. I was listening to Marianne Williamson on uh, um, Oprah Radio, and uh, she says, you have to do the workshops. You have to do the workshops. And so... I, I started to listen online, and then I got the book, and I went through it. And basically, she's, you know, the book says there's only two choices in life, love or fear. And, yeah. and so you have to, before you get to the love, you kind of have to get the courage, don't you? I think absolutely. And I, in general, I agree with that statement, you know, love or fear, because when we're not acting from a place of love, um, then we're acting from some place of the mind, you know, and that's that's often going to be rooted in fear or insecurity or whatever it is that's pulling us from love. Because for me, love is a pure energy. It's all good. You know, there's nothing negative about it. It, it can't do harm. You know, anytime people people try to lump love in with pain and this and that and that, and I, I feel like that's always when the mind comes into the picture. You know, that has nothing to do with love. That's usually the mind and ego and, and fear. And I think it's, uh, I, I think what's happening now or what I'm seeing, and granted I'm, you know, trying to, to do that on my page, so I'm obviously seeing it. There is um, more and more people are, 
are willing to look at the places where their fear is dictating their choices. You know, they're, they're more and more trying to be honest with the root causes of what's going on in their lives. And I think that when we start to do that, you know, when we start to get, get into it and look at the truth and look at the depth of our experience, with the intention of finding love beyond it, that really powerful shifts happen in our individual lives and in our, in our connections with others. And I believe, uh, you know, in the world on the whole. Does that make sense? <laughs> I Kathy, feel like I'm talking Kathy, so can, you, can you, can you, I just know, I just, Rosemary must be smiling from ear to ear because she knows this absolute resonates with the, everything I believe and do in my life. Yeah. Rosemary, where are you on this path? Are you in the? Did, did you? When you look back at the times that you weren't happy, were you operating out of love or fear? Fear, definitely, absolutely. Um, I was just—I was telling the truth. I was afraid to be myself at one point in time, and now I let that fear go. And it's you slowly, slowly begin to like yourself. And that's where, for years, I had the, I don't want to say the misunderstanding, misconception of, you know, if I said, oh, I love myself, were people going to consider me conceited? And that, you know, that's that whole thinking in the mind again. And then I just said, well, no, I got to put that out and just say, no, I need, especially with, um, as Tom is very familiar with my, my daughter and, and her condition with Victoria, is I need to take care of myself. I need to love myself and in order for me to take care of her. That's one of the things she taught me. So uh, Right. You know, so, Kathy, you now I could hear it in your voice about uh, teaching yeah. and helping in the schools. That certainly resonates love. It does, and my my shift is happening so fast I can hardly keep up with it. And I know the day that it happened was August 23rd of this year, and well, I'm happened. a completely different. I'm I'm just a completely different person than I was. I I feel love and joy and compassion and tenderness for other people. And before, I was always just so into all of my troubles, and I've been able to let them go, and it's it's so freeing. How did yeah, you do, it, Kathy? What happened on August twenty third? Yeah, what happened? I don't know. I just started <laughs> feeling better, and I think it's because I retired. That's why I was working at working at a very stressful job, and it took me a year and two months to transition into a peaceful life. Beautiful. So, Scott, thank you, Kathy, because, Scott, why don't you talk about the letting go aspect? The letting go aspect of what? Of Of the whole process. The whole process? We're talking about fear versus love, and then you've got to make a jump, don't you? Well, here's, this is, this is where, how I've come to view fear lately or in general is that fear is with us all the time you know so i don't try i used to fight that i used to to fight my fear fearful impulses by trying to pretend they didn't exist no i'm not really afraid no this isn't really happening like this and i don't do that anymore i allow for fear in my life because it's it's always going to be there it is a part of our lives but i try to look at my fear differently you know but in in my past 
where I may have allowed fear to lead, you know, to dictate my choices. Now I just allow fear to be, but I do my best to make choices that don't reflect my fear, you know, but I don't, I don't try to fight with it. I read um, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, her book, Big Magic, um, this, this book that she put out this past year, which is wonderful. It's about creativity and harnessing your creative energy. And we all have, you know, we're all creative, but she talks about a conversation that she has with fear before she starts any new project. When she tells fear, look, I know you're coming along for the ride because especially for me, like with creative pursuits and actually putting my creativity out into the world, it's always a process riddled with fear. And um, what Elizabeth Gilbert said was, I recognize you're coming with me on this ride, fear. It's what you need to do. It's the role you have. But understand under no circumstances are you allowed to drive. So, you know, <laughs> be the passenger, sit there, there you but you, can, you are not in charge. You don't inform any of my choices. And I started, I've started doing that more and more in my life where I'm just like I'm seeing my fear um, and I'm like, okay, it's there. I'm not going to let that fear keep me from making the choices that I want to make, the choices that I know will in some way serve my happiness or serve my well-being or push me beyond my comfort zone in a way that will serve my life positively. You know, but uh, so as far as letting go, I think in some ways it's been about yeah, embracing I, I, it. Well, no, I, what I mean by letting go, I don't mean resistance. I don't mean fighting it. Uh, I mean almost exactly what you're saying. And, and I learned this technique myself recently from some wise masters is, you know, all of these feelings, none of them really, we put the value on whether or not they're good or bad, whether fear is good or bad or not. There's yeah. sometimes when fear is very good. I mean, if somebody's coming at you to kill you, it's good to fight or fight. But, no, what I'm talking about, exactly, that, that is a beautiful technique. When, no matter what feeling, depression, uh, fear, anger, all of them, if you, rather than reject and judge them, if you do what resist persists, once you do exactly what you're talking about, Scott, once you get present with that and say, okay, let's feel this fear. Let's really feel it. Let's really get into it. Yeah, and then move yeah. forward anyway. <laughs> yeah, it goes away. It's got, what fun is there in saying to somebody, <laughs> come on, come on, give me your best shot. And they're like, oh, I don't want to now because I don't have all the drama. And so fear evaporates. <laughs> Yeah, right. and the, the other thing I oh go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the other the other thing I've seen though, it always returns. <laughs> like oh, of course. it's always ready <laughs> to make Of course. That... The more the more we um practice at moving forward with our fear, the easier it becomes to do that. You know, and I've absolutely seen that in my life. Exactly. But fear's you never know, comfortable. I just... I, no, no. Well, I, I, if I can, I probably have a few. I know I have a few more years than most of you, and I think this is the aspect I was broaching with uh, the letting go aspect is there has to be, and I could relate this to trust. I mean, I had to learn in order to really move forward with my my passions I had to trust something, something bigger than my ego. I had to trust mm -hmm. that there was something guiding my life. And I had to let go 
of all those things that I thought I had to control. Mm-hmm. And once I let sure. go and I started to truly trust, you see, there's a huge difference between faith and trust as far as I'm concerned. I can have faith in the little girl across the street who babysits children. And everybody's told me that she's a fantastic babysitter. And I believe she is. But it is only when I bring my child over to her and give my child to her that trust begins. Because now I'm giving up something precious to me. And I say to all the people who tell me to have faith, and I ask them, well, do you, will, you, will you give your life to that faith? Oh, well, no, I, I have to control that. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, really? Well, then you really don't trust, do you? Because you're not willing to let, totally let go and allow that part sure. of you that is divine move you forward. And that is the most, of all the leaps, that's the largest, that's the, the toughest. And I think for me that that's what's worked, is that constantly saying, I trust you. Let's go. So I think I'd love to powerful. hear you. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, uh, not easy. It's scary because, you know what I love about what you're saying, Scott, and every light worker that we've had on here, we're all saying the same thing. Get out of your head. Mm-hmm. Get out of your mind. Get out of the intellect. Get out of the thoughts. Because all those things have been programmed stuff from the beginning of our lives. We've been programmed. And yep. when it's only when you get out of that, you go down into your heart, you go to your gut, that the truth comes. Am I, am I right on that, or how do you feel about that? I agree with you. I mean, I, I for me, the the important truths, the truths that really matter, you know, are not reflective of our thoughts. You know, right. I, it's all about it's it's all about something much much deeper. You know, that comes from the heart space, that, and that's my experience of life. You know, I don't think I think the things most worth knowing in the world are not of the mind you know and the more we uh the more we really try to um to be present you know whether it's whether it's through meditation whatever it is that works for you whatever it is that carries you into that underlying energy that i feel like exists and is this current beneath everything and that this energy of of quiet and peace and love and it has nothing to do with the mind you know but it's there it's ever present and and that's the beautiful thing I feel about um about, you know, spiritual growth or personal growth, personal development, whatever you call it, is that you know, the more we actively seek to uh to take ourselves out of the mind space and, and center ourselves in the heart space, we start to connect to that energy more often. And um, you know, we start to recognize it's real and it's there and it's beautiful. You know, and when we're when we're present in that space I don't, it's indescribable. And and the thing is, I'm rarely in it. It's, I get these tastes and I, I, that's part of this love path is because I know how good it feels to be present in that energy. And so, you know, my addiction is to that in part, I want to keep going to that feeling. I'd love to tell you that I'm this totally selfless person who's all about just giving love to others. But but the reality for me is it feels great. I love how I feel when I'm present in it. It's not just about other people. You know? Exactly. And, 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 you know, we've 
science has proved that we do have a a gene, whatever the selfless gene that but you know that's why giving feels so good i mean it's built into us we're social animals you know and it's only our society that has all of this greed and you know aggrandizement you know is more 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 me 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 and the more you you get in that cycle you know you're going to be miserable kathy when you had your yeah. shift in august did you feel something similar what scott just said Oh yeah, I I got a glimpse of that. It's like it's an, I could only describe it as uh, what people call heaven. It's that feeling of total joy and no more fear and just love. And um, one of the things I found at the school was when I first started, I had a hard time liking the little boys that kind of act out. And gradually, it became that I love them just as much as the well-behaved kids, if not more, because they need that love. And that, by giving them my love, that is returned to me many, many times over. Wow. And it is by, it is by giving love that we receive it. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't, hey, the Beatles said it, right? In the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. So now, people, Kathy, I want to come back to you just for a second. People can easily say, people listening to the show can easily say, oh, well, you're, you're retired, so hence it's easy for you to not have the fear. You've got an income. What would you do yes. now that you know this feeling, now that you've made the leap? What would you do differently, say, if you were immersed like Scott was, he he figured it out real fast. Most people don't do that. He's looking at all these miserable people, and he says, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. And so that step, we all know where that led him to. I mean, yeah, 20 years later, he's, right. you know, he's <laughs> been here. So what would you have done differently, Kathy? Um, I would realize that all of that has nothing to do with me. And that no matter what my work is, no matter what I'm doing, my true work, my true job on this earth is to make life better for other people. So do you feel nice. you've reached your, your purpose? I do. Beautiful. I do. It's a wonderful feeling. And, and like Scott, I don't feel it all the time. But when I get that feeling, I just I want more of it. <laughs> and it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> and it comes and from I, doing exactly what you love, doesn't it? Yes. And I am very fortunate that I worked hard all those years and I am able to receive a pension and my social security, which I did pay for. So I'm I'm having to totally change the way I spend money, but it doesn't bother me. All the material things I used to think were important are unimportant. <laughs> okay, so would you, knowing what you've reached, knowing this feeling, do you think, and, and latching on, let's take you back 10, 20 years, would, it, would you have made a bold move like Scott did? Oh, I wish I could have. I know, but I mean, would you do that now, knowing what, what what the benefits of that are? Would you take that risk? 
Yes. Hey. Yes. Hey, Scott, yes, how do you feel? This must be so, this kind of feedback must be just fabulous for you, knowing that you're doing this kind of work and you're saving people. It is. It's wonderful. I'm I'm lucky. That's very kind. Oh, you're saying her. Good. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Everyone at the school, the teachers are so loving, and it's just a a wonderful environment. And I would encourage anyone um, who wants to give, that is a great place to start if you live in a neighborhood in America with our children because that's our future. And whether you have children or not, it's going to be the future of humanity, and we all need to work to make it better. Hey, Rosemary, do you think I'm enjoying this show? <laughs> I'm, uh, yes. <laughs> you guys, you guys are fabulous. This is everything I preach, and I'm quite, I'll am quite. i be quite blunt. I mean, I, we're talking about blunt. I get extremely angry about things that are going on. And I feel that I have to be a voice to at least tell people what I do see and where the dangers of where we're going are. And uh, so I get quite vocal about it because I think some people need to be, those of, we, those of us who are asleep perpetuating this craziness have to be shocked into saying, hey, you know, and, and people say to me, why do you get so upset about it? I said, because I care about the kids. These kids, mm-hmm. I would hate to be a kid today. I would hate it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a scary world. <laughs> kids, I did a speech for fifth graders about a month or so ago. My story is that I lost my leg at the age of 13 to cancer. So these kids are about a year younger than I was when I lost that leg. And I was... The disease I had, if 100 kids got it, 95 died. So here I am at 68 and had the most miraculous life. So I'm explaining mm-hmm. it to the kids. And I said to them, you know, when I, I, I argued with the doctor when he told me he was going to take my leg off, I said, well, can I, I says, how long can I live? I says, if you don't. And I picked an age, and I always ask the kids what age would I pick, how long would I want to live at the age of 13 <laughs> forward. And the kids always come up with the right number. They say 40. I said, exactly. That's the number I picked. I said, why did you pick 40? And they said, because you're old after 40. <laughs> and I said, why do you think they're old? And they say, because they're, they're not happy. And I said, perfect. Why aren't they happy? I said, this is what I thought at the age of 13. Who wants to live past 40? Look at them. They're all miserable. <laughs> and they said, they're unhappy because they have to work. And then I teased the kids, and I said, and they got you. And they laughed. And then I said, what else makes them unhappy? They said, bills. And then what else? Yeah. And they said, this and that. And then one kid yelled out, yeah, and when they get to be 40, they ignore us. Oh. And the rest of the kids spotted. Yeah. So we have a society where, because of the fear, because of the money, because of all the excuses, our kids are being totally shortchanged, and they're not getting what mm-hmm. Scott talks about, love, or attention. So I think, you know, this is why I I, uh, I think, Scott, your work is beautiful. And, I, I mean, the fact that you showed up, Kathy, to confirm and give credence <laughs> to what 
what this message is, there's hope for people. Oh, That's yeah, right, there's a hope lot of... for me for technology, too. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot yep. of beautiful people out in the world, more, you know, way more than not. And I, I feel like if, uh, if, if anything, if all this violence and darkness and, you know, pain that exists in the world has served us in any way, I think that it is igniting more and more people to stand up and be a voice for love and for compassion and for the things that matter, for forgiveness and kindness. You know, and I think that, but I'm with you, you know, I, I think that we need to be making noise for it. I don't, I, I really don't believe anymore that it's enough just to be silent. I think that the more of us who are out there clamoring for love, you know, and for things that matter and for things that are important, um, it makes a difference. I think it makes a big difference. Well, you know, not in my case, it, the anger comes from love because I'm going to say this mm-hmm. is not right. What sure. we're doing oh, here is not right. You know, kids absolutely. are suffering. You know, let's wake yeah, up. Let's like end. Yeah, I think it's a wake-up call. I think that that's where, uh, believe me, when I when I take in the world events, there's a lot of anger that surges through my, my body and then a lot of sadness, you know, following. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and if, and, and I try to, there were, there were points in my life where I, it would overwhelm me and I would feel paralyzed by the state of our world and feel like it's hopeless and there's nothing I can do. And now when I feel that anger and I feel that sadness, what it does for me is it reminds me that it, it now more than ever you need to be active now more than ever you need to be speaking about these ideas and encouraging people to be themselves and to be loving and so please you know if 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 you're out there feeling overwhelmed by the misery in this world as we all are um try not to let it paralyze you or create some you know, disbelief that you, you, you can't make a difference because we each can and we each do simply in the way that we choose to show up in the world. When you leave your home and you go out to the market and you smile at strangers and you engage with your community in a way that is kind and friendly, those moments make a difference. All of that matters. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Every moment. Every, Every moment. moment. <laughs> Go ahead, Kathy. Go ahead, Kathy. Oh, I was just going to comment that every moment matters, and and um, even the tiniest moments can matter because you might you might lighten someone else's day, and they'll lighten someone else's, and it will just chain reaction. I have to. uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be quiet as much as you, but I had an event happen last New Year's Eve. I'm a comedian, and I really wasn't in the mood to go out New Year's Eve. Sometimes the crowds are very difficult, and I'm in the middle of a couple of creative projects. I would have been just as happy staying home, but I went, and uh, there was a lot of pressure on me to, I was not working with anyone else, and so I was kind of alone. And But it went, anyway, long story short, I do the show, it went over extremely well, and I'm walking through the audience, and a woman comes up to me and says, looks me right in the face, she was almost chest to chest, and she said, my son 
was kidnapped seven years ago and murdered. She said, tonight is the first time since that event that I have laughed, that I have really laughed. Tonight, I am happy. I mean, you talk about connection. I mean, I, I started weeping. I mean, she talked about an emotional connection. She hit me right in the chest. And I hugged this woman. I said, you have no idea of the compliment you just paid me. And, and I said this deep sense of purpose that, oh, my God, you know, that, that being, doing that, making, reaching out, giving, expressing yourself, telling, you know, trying to get people to laugh, made this connection. And she looked at me deeply. She says, they burned his body. And I wept even more. And she said to me, and tonight, in seven years, I'm laughing. So she said, thank you. So you're right. It's the smile. It's that act. In spite of all the dour faces, the unhappy faces, keep smiling. Keep joking. Because you don't know. Now, you're right. Now with that transformation with that woman, what is she going to do for the world? Exactly. Yeah. No, it's big stuff. We touch we we touch everyone all the time. So how are you how are you choosing to touch people? You know, with with what energy are you choosing to touch people? I want to I'd like to just say one thing if I may about cuz I I feel like when um the idea of of love and it it can sound very esoteric and sometimes a little airy fairy and and people write me all the time, like, but how do you become more loving and and this and that? And I, I wanted to speak to the, you know, my my belief that it takes a lot of work. You know, I don't, as much as I believe that happiness is a birthright for all of us, I don't in any way believe it's a given. You know, there are many unhappy people out there. And I think that if if we want to, if we are committed to living a life from love, we don't have to know all the hows about what that looks like. If our commitment is there and our intention is there and we're checking in with ourselves when we're not being loving, um, the path will unfold before us. I've seen that time and time again, but I really believe it takes a lot of work. It takes monitoring your mind, having the awareness when you're being self-abusive, when you're cutting yourself down, when you're cutting other people down, having enough awareness to interrupt that process and to say, okay, mind, I hear you, but that's not what I'm about. And especially, you know, we, I think we all know we, can, we can't often control our thoughts. Our thoughts are happening before we even are consciously thinking them. You know, I'm getting Absolutely. pissed off about something immediately. And then yep. I'm like, okay, you know, like the, those things happen immediately, but we absolutely have control over our actions. So even if I'm getting pissed off and the person in front of me is, um, you know, being rude and being condescending or whatever they're being and my, my instinct is to lash out and attack them in return, that's when we have to do the work. You know, that's when we have to stop ourselves and be present, take a step back and, and come from a different place in those moments. You know, and the more our actions start to reflect what we say we want to be, which is a loving human being, the easier that's going to come for us. You know, and that's but it takes work. I really, but but this is the thing. I think that misery takes a lot of work too. It's no fun to be. You know, it's, it's true. It's no fun to be negative. 
all the time. Misery you know, didn't take me any work. <laughs> Misery you didn't went there take me any it, it, it was just given to me. But, I mean, it takes a lot of energy. You know, if we're putting it's, our it's energy right. into it takes, our it, negativity and our energy. misery, it takes yeah, so let's at least your energy by and, and you just have to make a decision that you're not going to let it do that anymore. And, and that can take That's, years. It took me many years to to reach that point in my life. And yeah. I know that if someone lashes out at me, it is not about me. It is because they are very unhappy about something. And none of us know what another person has been through in their lives. And you you will find out talking to people that a lot of people have been through traumatic experiences in their lives. They've been abused. And it's hard to um, to let go of all of that. That's right. Yeah. It's not let go. Oh, well, you see, I think the thing is all about this, you know, you're right, Scott. I think once we start talking about love, people are like, oh, here we go, you know. And, uh, and, and especially, but it really comes down to not trying to be loving. It's just being it. Yes. Uh, I agree, yeah. but I do, I, have, I do think, Tom, that it's uh it's easy to say just be, but the reality of just being is much more difficult, you know, and I of think course. that to get to that place of of just being, it takes effort, you know, or yes, we would all be does. gurus, we would all be just being all the time, you know, and we'd all be just loving all the time. And I think right, that... Well, I guess what I'm saying is, is that when people... Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Alan Watts, and he talked about this the other day. He said <laughs> he was talking about the commandments, and he said, "What's the first commandment in Christianity? God says, love me. You must love thy God.'" And he goes, "You can't make somebody love you." <laughs> he says, "It's a fallacy. Nobody's. You can't make." Somebody love you. It's impossible to say, oh, I'm going to, I don't love this person, but I'm going to make myself love this person. It can't happen. So it comes from being <laughs> love. And you're right. Everything you said about, you know, I love the analogy of the airline. You know, the, the mask drops, and what do they tell you to do? Before you put it on the kid, you put it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once that fostering, that engendering, that love inside, now you've got something to give. You know, I mean, if you, and if you're out trying to be nice and being loving, it's not going to work. You gotta, you gotta love number one first. Yeah, you I gotta. Do. I mean, I gotta bring agree that love to the world. Yeah, absolutely. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and once you you find that, Kathy, I love the fact that you're here. Okay, I'm going to get a little tougher oh, with you. Oh, me too. This is you, the highlight. You found. You've got your epiphany. You've had your epiphany. Yeah. And I can I see you being I can see you being a light worker because that's what Scott's doing. He's creating more light workers. And yeah. now somebody yeah. comes to you in your situation, very similar situation, they're unhappy with their life, they're in misery, they got a job they hate. They're going to tell you, I can't do anything about it because of my economic situation. They will look at you and say, it's easy for you to say now because, you know, what's your advice to that person that comes to you and say, I'm miserable. I don't like my job. I don't like my <laughs> my relationships, whatever. 
What are you going to say to them? Um, well, years ago I was given some very good advice from a, a crisis counselor, and she said, if you can't change your circumstances, change your attitude. And um, sometimes you, you just have to do that. You have to say, well, I hate my job, but I'm, I'm not my job. I'm, I'm me, and I, I go do this job, but I'm still me, and I still have an open heart, and I will still love. And you just have to tough it out. And what, would you, say, you know, what would you say, Scott? As much as you can. Yeah, I agree. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Don't know okay. I, I agree. It. I agree with what Kathy's saying, and I, I, I think it comes down to, to personal responsibility, honestly. You know, the, we're, we're often under this deluded notion that we don't have choices in our lives, that we're powerless against the circumstances in our lives. If you're in a job that you hate, you are not powerless in that moment. You do have a choice that you can make. And, and I recognize right. that there are also very real, um, very real survival concerns. Like we need to make money. We need to pay for our bills. If you have children, you, you need to support your family. But the, I think that the moment we recognize that, that the moment we take responsibility for the life that we're living right now in this moment as it is, we immediately empower ourselves to transform our lives. Because, you know, I think that, that it's very easy to blame others for our circumstances. It's very easy to blame our idiot boss or whatever, whoever it is we're pointing our fingers at. But when we do that, we, we rid ourselves of the responsibility and the power that we really have to make different choices in our life. You know, my good friend Becky Vollmer has a site on Facebook called You Are Not Stuck, and it's a really wonderful page, and she's constantly talking about choice and, and the fact that we, we are not stuck. We have choices that we can make. Right. And, um, and the moment you start to do that, the moment you start to own your life for what it is and, and then transform it, you know, by choice, um, your, your whole life changes. You know, that's what I've seen in my own experience, and it's what I've seen exactly. in the, you know, the Kathy, of many I, people. I have to disagree mm-hmm. with you. Attitude's not going to change it. You can pretend I've done that. I've seen everybody else yeah. try to pretend. It's not going to yeah, do it. You're right. You're you right. cannot. You're right. I think that's one of the fallacies of many of the spiritual teachings. Oh, you, you know, <laughs> once you find the love, you're going to be able to just... Everything around you will change, yes, to a certain extent. But if there's, if there, listen, <laughs> you know, no matter what your background is, spiritual faith, I mean, and I, and I try to remind people, Jesus took a rope and he tied it into knots and he went into a temple and he beat the crap out of a bunch of money changers. And he said, you can't yeah. be doing it. All right, even he, with all of his spiritual enlightenment, realized when things were wrong, he was going to lash out. And you can't continue to put yourself in negative situations day after day. That's like telling an abused spouse, 
that, oh, you know, just kind of change your attitude about this thing. Oh. You're, you're totally right, Tom. You've you got to totally get out of there. And if it's a job say- you hate, you can't make yourself like that job. You got That's not your true purpose. You're operating from your head. You're not operating from your heart or your gut. Get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. Right. You know, you can tell I've got lots of energy over this because I lived it. And it was always in those situations. It's love or fear. When that person is in a, you're in an abusive situation and what you're doing is you're taking your beautiful self, your beautiful soul and putting it in that. Why would you do that? Would you take your kid and bring them to an abusive school or preschool? No. You cannot take yourself to those situations. You've got to say, I love me enough to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. That's right. That's right. And that's your your feelings. Follow your heart. And have the courage. Yeah, I think, look, I think that, um, I think that sometimes we're in situations that it's it's not necessarily possible that we can remove ourselves from that situation overnight. And in in those cases, no. No, I, I yeah, and it's not overnight, but you got to make a call that you're going. And a plan. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think that when, you know, when you're until that point speaking to attitude, there is the, the possibility. You know, a friend of mine told me a long time ago when I was, you know, bitching about a boss. This is maybe 20 years ago. And he's like, look, in your office, the boss is God. What he says goes. So if you're not happy, don't wait for him to change. You know, you either need to quit your job or figure out a way. Right there, you go. To, you have that choice. Quit more, or stay. Well, but, or figure out a, or figure out a way to be more peaceful in your work environment. Uh, you know, and I think that I'm gonna I think you know, again. Those, no, I think there are there are those possibilities. Again, if, you if, cannot. You know, this is the kind of advice I'd love to to jump in on and cut. You can, in physics, you cannot take a positive energy and continue to put it in a negative field and have that positive energy maintain it positivity. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was going through my spiritual people would say, oh, you know, at first it felt great. I was getting in touch with the love and everything else, but I kept going back into it. See, this is what happens with a lot of the spiritual teachings. There's supposedly this panacea that once you reach this state of enlightenment, nothing's going to bother you. Not true. It's going to bother you even more because you you see you see the the, the, the lack of light. You feel the lack of light. You feel all of that stuff. And I said, you know, to somebody, I said when I finally dawned on me and I worked that out. I'm saying, why isn't this letting me go back to that lousy job? Why can't I? I feel so good when I'm here, and I try to bring it back, and I get more and more miserable. In fact, worse, because I have this high when I leave here, and I go even lower when I go there. And I said, you know what? This kind of reminds me of if you've got a drunk on a bench in a park. While he's drunk, and if he's sleeping next to a, a pile of dog poop, he's okay. He doesn't care. But once he wakes up and sobers up and he realizes he's next to a pile of poop, he's got to move or get drunk again. 
It's not healthy for him to be around the clock. It's not. It's just plain, simple, not a good decision to stay around. Say, oh, now that I'm enlightened, I can take anything. You can't. You've got to you, you feel the suffering more intensely once you're enlightened. Yes, exactly. The contrast is too much to bear. Yeah. No, it's like saying, you know, people, when, when I used to say this analogy about Gandhi, people go, oh, and Gandhi was so, yeah, but you know, guess what? He didn't hang around the, the British offices at night. He didn't go out during the day and resist them. And then it's like, oh, let me go have a few drinks with the British officers. No. <laughs> it's not going to do that. <laughs> so, you know, excuse me for being pretty vocal on this, but I realize I, my mission is to tell people, you do not have to suffer. Suffering is not part of this deal. Yes, suffering happens. But to allow yourself, your beautiful self, and to bring it into a situation where you suffer all the time, you are not being what you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. You know, and that comes from a deep, that's what I'm trying to say about this love thing, is once you really start to nurture yourself and love that sweet, sweet spot of yourself and treat it well, that's when the and people know when you walk into a room, when you go out in the world, and they see that you're dancing with joy because you're carrying it, because you're nurturing yourself. That's the love. It's easy to share that. Absolutely, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, yes. You know, so I, I, I can't thank you guys. I mean, this is just a Rosemary. Thank you for putting. Why don't you jump in, Rosemary? I'm gonna shut up for a while. No, it's great. You're passionate about this. That's the thing, and that's one of my most favorite words. Uh, uh, I'd say being passionate about things. And uh, I mentioned Victoria earlier, and I've been all this talk, all these different things. But you know, we've been talking about, and I every now and then I'll, I I. I'd stem back to before I had her, which I had two daughters and, and my oldest even, as you say, enlightened. My children have enlightened me in a way I, I just can't even describe. But Victoria, when she was diagnosed, um, I crawled into a hole. I, I was close to a month that I just wasn't facing reality. And I, I snapped myself out of it and said, all right, you know, I've got to be here for her. And like Tom said about putting the oxygen mask on you first in, and I'm sure if there happen to be any other special needs parents listening right now, and I, I mean, I'm not trying to cry. I always use that term special needs, but you know, parents of children that are challenged, if you want to say you put yourself on the back burner a lot. And I mean, it's to the point sometimes where, you know, I, I don't want to say it must have been about four years ago, maybe. I was actually couch bound. I I was I wasn't I could hardly even come close to functioning to do anything. And I uh, I don't know what it was that snapped me out of it, but I said, you know, I've got to get up off my butt. I've got to because my husband was you know helping a lot. He was doing a lot of of 
uh, usually what I would do, I was in bad shape. Just like say, I was not caring for myself. I was not, I had myself on the back burner for so long that 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 pot I was in was just over, that it burned out. So it's true that it, to be selfless to take care of others, we need to be selfless to take care of ourselves. And ever since I, you know, I'm working on it still. I have my days, believe me. There are, you know, where I've become so much stronger that I can take care of her now in in more ways than one. She's immobile. She's in a wheelchair. She cannot, she can't really speak for herself. Girls with Rhett, they're called silent angels because they they can't come out and they can't voice. They're, they're prisoners within their own body. She has oh, made me see, yes, she has made me see a, I want to say a, um, uh, a plane, I guess you could say, not a level of love that is so unconditional. You know, yes, I yeah. have my boundaries. Yeah, I have my boundaries. But, you know, when when you have someone who's, she's all there, she knows what's going on, but she can't, she cannot voice herself. I'm her voice. My husband's her voice. You know, family, friends. And she's taught a lot of people. I mean, I've had people come to me and say, I thought, you know, I thought I had it bad. You know, I'm complaining about my life. I'm, I don't want to get out of bed. I, I want to pull the covers on my head and stay here. And then they'll they'll sit with her. And they'll, I've had people break down and cry and say, you know, why have I been so selfish to think that, you know, I had it so bad that I had so much to complain about? Mm-hmm. So, you know, she gives everyone that big smile and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, she's so happy. Here she is. She's in a chair. She can't get up and walk. She can't do anything for herself. But yet she's so happy. It's beautiful. She has, you know, she has it a day where she, you know, where she's frustrated. I, I see it in her eyes. I look at her. I, she wants to talk to me. She wants to tell me something. And, you know, she'll get upset. But it's not long, not long after that, she's giggling again. She's happy. So it just mm-hmm. teaches, it really teaches you something. And, you know, I, I say I'm not perfect. I have my days. But, you know, when, when she, when I get up in the morning, another thing, when I get up in the morning and I hear her and I go in, I see her smile and her eyes are open, that gives me, I mean, I'm not even more reason to go out and, you know, when I'm out, yes, I open doors for people, and, yeah, I get looks like I have 12 heads. People look at me like, oh, what are you doing that for? That, like I said, that's, how it's, that's how it's become. When I was younger, when I was a kid, I remember seeing people do that for, for you know, others all the time. Nowadays, if you do that for somebody, you get a look like, what do you do that for? <laughs> you know, why, why are you holding the door open for me? Why are you being so courteous? Why do you even care? You know, and then you just you, you want to pull your hair out and say, "Oh, why are you asking why? Why can't I be human?" And Rosemary, it's a lot easier to open that door when you're feeling good, isn't it? It it does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even on days that I, I've paid it forward before, I've gone and and gotten a. That's what I love to do when I can and. 
tell you the the honest truth uh, the situation because of the situation my my husband and I are both caregivers of uh, of Victoria that you know yeah I mean you know we're we're limited so I've gone out and gotten myself a cup of coffee and you know handed you know the person five dollars and gone for a change said mm nope person behind me you know I nice. saw a mother she had her she had her little boy with her she looked like she was tired she'd had a long day I said no please I said keep it for her. And I remember when I was when I was um I think I went over to put some sugar in my coffee, I was getting my coffee together. She looked she she was shocked. She was utter <laughs> shock. She she walked over and she was shaking. She said, Thank you like this and I said, Well you're welcome and and she she didn't know what to say. She just kept staring at me and I smiled, I said, Have a good day and I left. <laughs> the you next time she you know, the next time she steps into, you know, a place and she's you got some extra change, she'll go, oh, good idea. And that guy that's standing behind her who's had a long day, you know, hey. So, yeah, that's, it's like a the chain reaction, the snowball that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger once it's rolling down there. Again, let me talk about that gene we all have. How'd you feel when you yeah. did it? Yeah. <laughs> how I felt when I did it? Yeah, how'd it feel? I, oh, it, I saw it was it was great. I felt you know this warm, just I felt. Um, I it made my day complete. I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> Scott, why don't you? You know that's what I think. People, the people who haven't reached, you know that love part yet. They they think that, you know, the way it's presented a lot of times. And obviously, you're presenting this thing in a beautiful way that you're you're getting converts like Kathy. You know, people think that by giving all this love, it's a sacrifice, that it's like, oh, it's going to be work and it's a challenge. No, when you do those things, you get a buzz because that's, that's right. the way we're made. Do you agree? That's, yes, definitely. It's not what you give, it's what you get back from the people that you give to. And until you're able to do that, you, you, people just don't understand what that feels like until you've actually done it. Exactly. And you do it selflessly, and it gives you joy. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, Scott, are you still there? Uh, we might yeah, have lost Scott. Oh, you're there. Okay. No, are you, can you sure give yeah, us your you observations on this? just on giving love. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about love is that it just expands. I mean, there's, it's limitless, you know? So I, I feel yeah. like you can't, you can't out love. You can't over love. You can't love too much. That's a myth in my, in my experience, you know, love is a, uh, love is great that way, you know? So, and I see, um, you know, just from my Facebook page, what I've seen in in terms of energy and, especially with these live broadcasts that that have that I've been doing for the past few months because that energy is so present when you know that like kind of how we're all talking right now and it's live and it's in the moment so you feel the energy of the other people those these broadcasts have been really exciting that way because you feel the energy of love you know with people on and all around the world tuned in to that energy and feeling it and feeding it and it's uh it's intoxicating, really. Yeah, and, you know, and again, I think what we, uh, this, this again, this is a beautiful show. We're taking this from some kind of ethereal, you know, uh, 
lofty kind of concept. So hopefully we can make people understand, no, this is a visceral, beautiful thing. It's talking about feelings, and once you start the process, you know, you realize, hey, myself said on New Year's Eve, I don't want to go out. I don't feel like being funny tonight. And then this woman comes along and tells you that she hasn't laughed in seven years or her kid was murdered and burned, and you've brought her out of that. I mean, you know, that's a transformational experience. I mean, I, I, mean, I wept because of the feeling yeah. that she gave me. And that's, you, money will not put up, come close to any of this in terms of satisfaction. Okay. Uh, that's something you said that, Tom. That's something you said that because, you know, uh, like I mentioned before about my husband and I both being caregivers and being, you know, on a pretty limited, you know, budget, there's, I've had years ago, not anymore, but years ago, I had people saying, "Well, why aren't you two working two jobs? And why, why don't you just put her in care? What did you? Why? What, you know, I, I would be, I'd, I'd literally be speechless because I'd say, hmm. So it's more important for her to have the material. Oh, you'd be able to fire this and do this and go here yeah. and go there. Sure, yeah, we might take in her places, but there's a place not even half a mile down the road that she loves. You know, so to be able to take her there and then she's happy, fine. I mean, why do why would I have to spend thousands of dollars, you know, to to make her happy? You know, so being with her every day, taking care of her, reading to her, sitting with her. I curl up and I curl up and on her bed and we watch movies together, you know. That's something money will never, ever, ever. You can't pay for that. So, That's right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. to, Absolutely. we used to have that a lot. You know, they say, well, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? Then if you do go out and, and you're working those two jobs, then you've got the people saying, well, why aren't you home with her? She needs to go home with her. Look at this. Hey, Scott, why don't you, we're getting close to closing time here. Why don't you uh, wrap this all up for us and tell us, you know, what, uh, give us some advice, give us uh, where to move forward. (laughs) You know what, I'll play off of um, what Rosemary just said, because the the idea that, you know, people are going to judge us no matter what we do. That's just the nature of the human mind. So, um, you know, I really encourage people and I, and there's there are a lot of others encouraging more people now to really be yourself you know as much as you yeah. can there's for me there's there's there are few things as beautiful as just a person living in their authenticity however that looks and knowing that look as as someone who's um you know putting a writer and putting stuff out there i know what it's like to be judged for, you know, my creative output. But we all know what it's like to be judged based on the choices and actions we take. But if you, if you recognize that no matter what you do, you will be judged by someone, allow that to give you the freedom to just be yourself. Because if you're going to be judged anyway, why not live the kind of life you want to live? You know, and that's, uh, that, that I would encourage for everybody. Really consider like what choices you're making that are conditioned choices. What are the choices that society is telling you you have to be this way? Advertising is telling you you have to be this way. Your delusional mind is telling you you have to be this way. 
and and why are you choosing to live your life that way? You know, start leading from your heart. Start looking at what's true for you, and and start making choices that reflect that. And in my experience, once you start doing that, your your whole life changes in beautiful ways. And you also, as much as you're going to provoke people to judge you, you're going to inspire so many other people to start looking at their truths and living from a place of their own authenticity. And that's a beautiful thing. That's another, it's another chain reaction that we create. And um, I've seen it firsthand with my page and, um, you know, I know it to be true. So be yourself, share your love, spread your love. And, uh, you know, you know that, you know, more love that's in our beautiful, world. and that leads to the next question: Is you've actualized <clears throat> by your courage, by your centering yourself? By and it's so funny that I wrote. You know what I wrote last night came from my heart about. I said he speaks to hundreds weekly on matters of living a loving, true to self lifestyle. Join us for a lovely and fun, lively and fun trip into the actualized inner self. You've done that, and look what's happening. You're you're creating your your reality is being created based on that courage and that love. You're starting to get followers. No, and that's been that's been wonderful, and that's it's uh, it's aligning with what I want my life to look like right now. You know, but for people out there who have no interest in having a bunch of Facebook followers, or you know, no interest in putting themselves out there in a big way. That doesn't matter. It's not about that. Like wherever you are and whatever is true for you, you know, you may find that when you're being in your authenticity, you're inspired to sit under a a mango tree for 10 hours a day in meditation. And if that's your truth, then beautiful. By living your truth, no matter what that is, you're serving the greater good of our world. You know, by living from love, no matter where that takes you, you're serving the greater good of our world. And I, I just, I know that by connecting to our love, we will be led to our truth in ways we can't even imagine. And that um, it becomes a beautiful thing. <laughs> There's my final. <laughs> you just said it. It doesn't get any better than that. You will be led. And that's the magical part, isn't it, Scott? There's something yeah, that's going, is. that loving part of you will lead you. And that's the part you have to trust. You break through that fear, you let go, and you trust that. And it's there, folks. It will take you on this beautiful ride. And so, Scott, you get up every day. Kathy, you get up every day. Rosemary, you get up every day, and you do what you love to do. And that thing that led you to that rewards you. It's there. It's real. It's real. Yes. Oh, you know something? Before we go, somebody... Just called in. 813, you want to say something before we leave? 813, area code. Do you want to talk to Scott? Hello? Hi there. Who have we got? No, that was me, Tom. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 813. Maybe they just want to listen. Anyway, Scott, thank you so much. Kathy, thank you. Rosemary, producer of this. Great show, and Scott, why don't you do uh, well and, and give your 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 website is www dot. Go ahead, give me the rest. It's just uh, my name, Scott dot com. S c o t t s t a b i l e 
dot com. And uh, I, if you're on Facebook, please check out my Facebook page because that's where a lot of the action happens. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Kathy, thank, thank you, you for sharing. Us. I hope everybody has a beautiful, you. loving so weekend and uh, rock on. Thank you. It will go out with yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank All you. Right. Much love. Big love. Love. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you door can love is all that I can give. Can I ask you, you this is 813, uh, can I ask where you're calling from? more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. <laughs> 